Well, today we're going to continue in the sermon series that we have begun a while ago on the spiritual disciplines. And today we come to the place where we're going to talk about the disciplines of God's Word, of the Bible. Now, just, I'm not, I understand, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but just by a show of hands, who still brings a Bible to church? Could you hold it up? Good, just a few of you. Yeah, and then, now, who has their Bible on their phone? Hold it up. Yeah, and that's okay. The good thing is, the number one thing is that we all have the Word of God handy, right? So it could be either on your phone, or you could actually have a Bible in your hand, but it's important to have the Word of God handy. Because the Bible is the manual for living the good life that God wants us to have. And the better you have a grasp on the Bible, the better you can understand how to live out that good life that God wants you to have. And the, the, the thing that I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about how we get a handle or how we grasp the Word of God in, in, a, in a stronger way, right? So the, the Bible gives us the way to heaven. We understand that. The means of salvation comes through the teaching from God's word. And the Bible also reminds us that this world is not our own and not our home. Right? Sometimes we get to living and living and living and, and we think this is all there is. And the great thing about reading the Bible is that it reminds us constantly again and again that this is not our home. That when we read the Bible, we have an eternal perspective beyond what the life we have on earth is. And the Bible also gives us a beautiful history of God's people. And here's the interesting thing. It gives us the history of the good and the bad, which is one way you can know the Bible is true. You know why? Because if I was to write a history of my own life, my biography, you know what I would tell you? All the good stuff, right? Because that's what you want to hear. At least that's what I want you to hear. But here's the interesting about, about the Bible. That the Bible contains the history of the people of Israel. And a lot of it's really, really bad. And why would you include all the bad stuff? It's because it's true. And that's why. One of the ways we can know the Bible is true is because it's not just all the good stuff. They tell you the whole story, the good and the bad. And that way, one of the things that we can do is look at the example of the good and follow that and see the bad and say, okay, that's not what we want to do. And so the Bible gives us beautiful examples just like that. And so the Bible is here. We have it in our hands, right? Either in uh, the, 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 the old version, which is like a book, <laughs> or you have it on your phone, right? And it gives us instructions on how to live the best life that we can on earth according to the purpose and the will of God, right? And if we understand what the Bible teaches and we live it out, you know what we can find? we can find what I think everybody here desires. And that is to live lives full of joy, of, of, of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, and self-control. Right? Which is the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. We all want that. How do we, how do we get more patience in our lives? Do you understand how you do that? It's in here. Do you, 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 you live life and, and you want to experience joy? 
It's right here. How about peace? Who, say amen if you agree with this statement. This world needs more peace. Amen. It's right here. It's right here. And, and if, if we would take the opportunity to discipline our lives according to the word of God, we're gonna, we, we can experience the best of what God would have to live the good life. But here's the interesting thing, right? What the Bible teaches, and I think you already understand this, is that the good life that God desires us to live, it's not living for yourself, right? It's not, it's not being selfish and living with me as the center of the universe. Because life is more than that, right? The only thing is that most people in this world think that that's the best way to live because they haven't encountered and interacted and, and got a good grasp of God's word. Last week, Pastor Shane preached the message, and, and, and he, the, 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 he had these three amazing points that I concur with wholeheartedly, just to recap and, and share this with you. And that is this. He said, life is more than the position that we have in life. It's more than the possessions that we, that we earn and gain. And it's more, more than the, um, what was the last P? Anybody remember? It was the privilege that we have, right? The privilege that we have. So it's more than, 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 than the positions that we have, the possessions that we have, and the privilege that we have. And he's right. You know why? Because even though you have those things, it's no guarantee that your life will be meaningful. It's no guarantee that you will have joy and peace and patience and kindness and all those good things that we desire. You know how we know that? Because when we look out into the world, the people that have no understanding of the word of God, they, they oftentimes lack those important things. And in fact, people who have positions and, and they have possessions and, and they have privilege, their lives aren't any noticeably better. In fact, did you know this, that people who win the lottery, which gives them lots of possessions, right? Lottery winners, 70% of them go bankrupt. And their lives are ruined. How, how can someone who wins millions of dollars, right? Because that's what this world thinks. If I have it all, I'm going to be happy. But you win the lottery and 70% of those people, they go bankrupt and they are miserable in life. It's not what you have in this world, the possessions that you have, that will lead you to joy and peace. That message is found in God's word. Movie stars commit suicide. Rich people, you know, be having riches. It it just don't make you happy. And one of the ways I I confirm this is that I got a chance to travel outside the U.S. on many occasions, serving as a pastor. I, I am so grateful that I got a chance to do mission trips all over the world. And the first missions trip that I went to back in 1991 was one that just radically transformed my life. I wish Mike Smith was here because I was on that missions trip with Mike when we were students at Point Loma Nazarene College together. Uh, this missions trip was one that we went to, to, to Russia in 1991. Now, 
I'm just looking around the room. Almost everybody here was alive in 1991. <laughs> I'm not preaching to young kids here. So if you remember what life was like in the late 80s and early 90s, the U.S.-Russia relationship was worse than it is today. And today is not, not great. Hopefully it gets better. But back then it was pretty rough. And the opportunity to go to Russia came up. And I thought, man. Now, I have a billion stories about this trip, our trip to Russia. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to narrow it down. I hope I get a chance to speak again on missions or something like that. Because, man, did God show up in powerful ways on this trip to Russia. But today's message is about God's word. And I want to hone in on uh, this trip to Russia. When, when you go on a missions trip and you see people from around the world, do you know what is different than, than, than our life here? That is this. Number one, people around the world in places like Russia and other second or third world countries, they don't have any kind of position in life. They have very little possessions and no privilege. But you know what makes these people unique? The Christians. They have a joy in spite of the fact they don't have any of those things. They have a joy that people in America probably couldn't ever understand. Because the way we see Our pathway to joy is through all the possessions that we have. The more things we get, the happier we are. But in in, in places that I've been to, people who live in poverty or on the edge of poverty, they have a joy and they, they don't have any of the things that bring joy to Americans. They're broke. They got nothing. And yet they have joy because they have found the source of their joy through what they understand, the word of God teaches them. Amazing, amazing. So, relating that to my trip to Russia. I was a young 21-year-old college student going to Russia. And um, what intrigued me was the, 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 the purpose of this trip. The purpose of this trip was to take 100 thousand dollars worth of medicine and medical supplies we went along with 50 college students we had duffel bags this big that were stuffed with all the basic medical supplies that people could ever want right and so uh they 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 stuffed it with with aspirin with gauze with clean syringes antibiotic creams, all the stuff that you and I have in, in, in our, our um, medicine cabinet. All the basic stuff, alcohol, cotton swabs, whatever we could fit in there, we got donated, and it was about $100,000 worth of stuff in 50 huge bags this big that we checked onto the airplane. Because when, when, when we heard from the people who were taking us on this trip, they said in, in Russian hospitals, they don't even have aspirin. They use dirty syringes over and over again. And when they bandage wounds with gauze, they take off the bandage, they have to wash it, hang it up, grab a dry one to reapply bandage the gauze on there. And we're like, wow. So all the stuff that we took was, was a blessing. And so when we got to Russia, we, we grabbed our big giant 
duffel bags filled with medicine and medical supplies and we went to hospitals and we went to orphanages and we went to old folks' homes, we went to all these places where they give care and we opened up the, 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 the bags and they say, throw it on the floor. And we're like, really? So we threw it on the floor and all the supplies filled, spilled out everywhere and the doctors would come up and look at all this stuff and they're like, what is this? Who are you? What are you, what are you doing here? And then through our Russian translators, they say, we come in the name of Jesus and we want to share this with you so that you can have what you don't. And these doctors would fall on their knees and start to weep and cry over gauze and aspirin and clean syringes that they can use. Amazing. But you know what blessed my heart the most? Was that the Slavic Gospel Society made available 100,000 New Testament Bibles written in Russian, right? And they asked us, if you're going to go there, will you please distribute this for us? Now, in 1991, I'm not going to go through all of this, but Perestroika and um, Glass, was it the other thing? Glasnost. They both were social and political reforms that took place that allowed us to come in. And so we took 100,000 Bibles with us on this trip. Now, Dimitri, I, I don't know if, you know, this is what they told us. But they said that in the Russian church back in those days, before the early 90s, you couldn't hardly find a Bible because it was outlawed. Churches, unless it's the government church, was you had to meet secretly oftentimes. And if you were caught, you were sent to Siberia. I mean, we heard all these stories. And so to get a Bible was really, really hard. They said that in order to get a Bible, it took three months' wages to, to buy a Bible. And you had to get it on the black market through a trusted person. Because if you didn't know the person, it could be a KGB, and they find you, and, and then you're in trouble. And so it was really hard to get a Bible. So the churches would save up over the course of years because three months wages to buy one of these. They would save and save and save. And finally, when they got the Bible through the black market, you know what they'd do? They'd come into the church and seek it probably, open up the Bible, and my, this is an old Bible, and this is what they'd do. They'd tear out pages and then they'd pass it out so that everybody could get just a little piece of God's word. <laughs> Crazy. And uh, I want to show you some pictures. So here's the first picture of the Russian church. This is the picture of us in Bryansk when we were at the end of our trip. And these were all these Christians in, in, in Bryansk, Russia. And they had this beautiful joy about them. They had, you can see that they're not living in luxury at all. But man, um, they love the Lord. And, and you know, when you go on a missions trip, you think, oh, we're going to go and bring all this, all this medical supplies and we're going to bring all these Bibles. We're going to change lives. And you know what happens? Your life gets changed the most, which is so amazing. And they were saying, as, they were, as we, were, we were in the bus, this shot was taken out of the window of a bus. And they were screaming at us, if we never see you again, we'll see you in heaven. As, as we were driving away, it was, we were bawling inside the bus because we had made such great friends. Next slide, please. 
This is Mike and I in Russia. <laughs> That's a young Gordon Wong, I tell you what. And we were with the district superintendent and his two daughters. And they're all grown kids now. They're married. and Yeah, so there's Mike and I uh, enjoying some things to eat in Russia. And then the next slide. Oh, my goodness. This is the picture I really wanted you to see. When we met in town squares and in, in different public places, there weren't churches for us to meet in. We couldn't speak the language, so we learned Russian songs. I still remember the Russian songs they taught us in 1991. I'm probably slaughtering it, but that's what a friend we have in Jesus. Am I right? And we sang those songs. We sang Blessed, uh, blessed Assurance. Tvedaya veru mo Jesus em ya uteshen i em veselus. I don't know what these words mean, but we, we learned to say them. And we sang to the Russian people. And then our leader, Norm Shoemaker, came up and he preached through a Russian translator. And then he asked if anyone would like to receive a Bible, would you come? And we had cases and cases and cases of Bible. And people would come and stream and fight. And I want to show you this next picture. Look, it's, when we were passing out the word of God, there was such a hunger for the word of God that when you're seeing this with your own eyes, you can never be the same again. Never be the same again. For the, for the love of God's word. Because here in America, we put our Bibles on the shelf. It collects dust. We hardly ever open it. And there, man, people were, they were fighting for it. They were dying to get one. And that's what I want to share with you today. Is how do we get that passion into our hearts and into our lives so that this comes alive in us. Because if this doesn't come alive in us, then what's the point, right? This is the pathway. This is the manual that God gives to us to find love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. All the things that we want in our lives is found right here. And boy, I have that picture in my office. (laughs) and it reminds me every day of the desire for God's word and how easy we get it and how difficult it is for some to get it. Church, the Bible is the source of knowing the joy of Jesus. And today, what I want to help you with is the disciplines of the Bible and how you can grasp the word of God in a much more stronger way than you are today. And I want you to know that the better you can grasp the word of God, the better the relationship you have with Jesus will be. And the better the relationship you have with Jesus, the more you fall in love with Jesus. And I began this sermon series that about what, two, three weeks ago when pastor asked me to preach. And I, and I shared with you that all of the disciplines that, that, that come to us, we will do the more we fall in love with Jesus. If I just tell you, hey, read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible, nobody does that. 
But I tell you what, if you have a passionate and loving relationship with Jesus and you want to know more about him because the relationship you have grows deeper and stronger and you love Jesus, the more you love Jesus, the more you're going to want to open the Bible and learn more about him and learn more from him and live your life the way Jesus calls us to live because then you fall in love with him even more. And so today, we're going to talk about how you grasp the Bible even stronger, right? And I'll be honest with you, it does take some discipline to have a stronger grip on the Bible. So today's message is very practical, right? It's a practical message to help us strengthen the grasp we have of the Bible. I want you to know that in order to get a strong grasp of the Word of God, it's not going to take, it's not going to be easy, right? It's not going to be fast. It'll take a while for us to get through, to learn, And it's not going to be easy at times because nothing in life that is worthwhile comes easily. And I will tell you right now, knowing this is worthwhile. And even though it doesn't come easily, (laughs) it'll be transforming. It'll transform your life. So it is worth it. So everybody, hold up your hand just like this. I want to see everybody's hands. Hold it all up. Good. Wonderful. You have beautiful hands. (laughs) We're going to use, we use our hands to grab a hold of things, right? If I want to grab a hold of this microphone, I have it right here. If I want to grab a hold of this rock, I reach out and I grab a hold of this rock, right? So we're going to use our hands to grasp the word of God. You guys ready? Okay. So we're going to use our hands to strengthen our grip on God's word. So everybody, stick your thumb out. Fonzie, hey. Everybody get my reference, Fonzie? No? Yeah, some? (laughs) Happy days? This thumb represents hearing the word of God. Okay? So, hearing the word of God is the thumb. Now, you all come to church. I see everybody here, and I know just about everybody. And what I do know is that when you come to church, you hear the word of God. Right? We hear it preached every single Sunday. Shane is a great preacher, Pastor Shane. He preaches biblically, and I love that. And hearing the Bible is very, very important because it is the foundation of our faith, and that's what leads us to our salvation. And I want to share this passage of Scripture with you from Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So faith comes by hearing... The, the, the way we grow our faith is by hearing the word of God. But I want you guys to know something very, very important. If all you ever do is hear the word of God, you will never grasp God's word. I'll show you. Here's my thumb. And I'll put my Bible on my thumb. All right? Um, could you do me a favor and try to take the Bible out of my hand? See, I have no grasp of the word of God. All I can do is balance it in my life, but I don't grasp any of it because there's nothing to hold on to. All I do is I hear the word of God. So everybody say hearing. Hearing Hearing is so important because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But know this. If, you, if the only interaction you have with the word of God is that when you come to church, you will never grasp the word of God. 
So everybody hold up your index finger. Right? This is your index finger? Good. You improve your grasp of God's word when you add reading to it. So the index finger is reading. So we're going to read a passage of scripture. Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. But verse 3 is the most important one I want you to see. Revelation is the last book in the Bible. Chapter 1, verse 1 is the beginning of the end, right? It's the beginning of the last book of the Bible. So hear the word of God today. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, here's verse 3. I want you to see this. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the word of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So you see that? There's a progression to how we live out God's word. We hear it. We read it, and we take it to heart. This is what the Bible calls us to do. And I can guarantee you one thing. Number one, if you hear the word of God, and here's your index finger, and you add reading to it, you know what happens? I actually have a grip on God's word. Deborah, can you pull this Bible out of my hand? Pull it. Oh, I do have a grip, but it's not that strong. So you know what you need to do along with hearing and reading? you got to study. Now hold up your first three fingers. <laughs> what are you going to say? You thought I was going to say hold up your middle finger? I would never do that. I know you love me more than that. So you got your first three fingers. This middle finger right here, that's studying the word of God, right? After you hear, the, after you hear pastor preach, and you read it. And you know what the beauty of reading the word of God is? You can actually read and confirm what he taught. And that's really important. As pastors, we want that. We don't want, we don't want people just to believe blindly. We want you to read the word. And you know what's so cool? Is that when you're reading God's word, and on that specific day, the pastor starts preaching what you're reading. You're like, oh my gosh, the very thing I'm reading, he's preaching on it's happened to me many, many times. And it's exciting to see that the things that I'm reading, the, the pastor's preaching on at the same time. But you read it, and you hear it, and you still may have questions. What does this mean, right? Well, how does this work? Who are these people in the Bible? Well, if you take time to study it, you can have, find answers to it. And you know what the beautiful part of studying the Word of God is? You can do it at home by yourself, obviously, but you can do it with others. You can do it with your friends and your family, and what a joy it is to come together and study the Word of God. Because every time I study the Word of God, and I'm a part of the Bible study, you know what always happens? We gather together with people we know and love. We share food, so we get to eat together. We open God's word, we study it together, and if anybody has needs, we pray together. And what a great thing to do with the body of Christ. In fact, that's what Acts 2.42 says, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to prayer. You do all these things when you come together. And so, on this card that we passed out for your information on one side, 
On the other side, it is just about getting involved in the life of our group, right? The our life groups, our life groups. That's what we're going to call the small groups uh, here at Radiant Life. Our life groups, like our life groups, but just we'll say like we're from the South. Our life groups or a pirate. <laughs> and here's what it says. You know, I'm interested in joining an our life group. If you're not a part of a Bible study yet, you're not going to grasp God's word any stronger until you start. Right? So watch this. Dean. Dean's a little bit stronger, I think. Dean, how's my grip? It's just three fingers. <laughs> he, was it easy to pull out? Not that easy. Not that easy. You know why? Because when we hear God's word, and we read it for ourselves, and we start to study it, you get a stronger grasp of the Word of God. Thank you so much. So, I'm interested in, a, in joining an Our Life group. Would you, would you, if you're interested, put a check mark there. I'm interested in hosting one in your home. If you live somewhere where, where we can have an Our Life group start, let us know. Maybe there's another one. I'm interested in leading one. We can send a leader over to your home and we can start studying the Bible together. Pastor Shane told me, I'm going to start one in Point Loma. And I live just down south in San Carlos. I'd be happy to start one in San Carlos. Where do you live? You know, where do you live? Let's start one everywhere. And I say everyone should be involved in a Bible study so that we can live out Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The word, the key word in that passage of scripture is the word devoted. It wasn't casual. Oh, we'll come if we can. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's the beauty of what happens when we all get together. And then, the days that I'm available. So fill this out. You got your information on one side, and then your interest on the other. Leave it on the chair after service. We'll come by and pick it up. That's how easy it is. But I tell you what, church, if all we ever do is come and hear the word of God, we'll never have a grasp of God's word. But if we start to read it, we'll get a better grasp. And then we study it together. Oh my goodness, your grasp will be stronger. And you know what the pinky finger is? Everybody, hold up your pinky finger. (laughs) Or at least wiggle it around. Not your pinky, your ring finger. Your ring finger, right? That is memorizing the word of God. I've said this before in church, and I still believe it. We send out our children to go into Sunday school and have them memorize scripture. And adults, we, we don't. <laughs> and I don't get that. I mean, if we're going to ask our children to do it, then we should be doing it too. We ought to model for our children what we all should be doing in our lives. And you know what the beauty of memorizing scripture is? That one day, I don't have my Bible with me. You know what? That's okay. Because Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have memorized that. And it's in me. And no one can take it away from me. I'll tell you a story about when I was a teenager. And you all were teenagers at one time. And when I was a teenager, I, I just started coming to the church. Helen was there. Because Helen, Helen and I grew up in the same church as kids. And while I might have looked like a, a, a holy boy, <laughs> I had my troubles, right? And I got into trouble doing things I ought not to do. I was tempted by all kinds of things in this world. And when I started going to Bible study, 
One of the verses that the Bible study taught us to memorize is 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13 was a passage of scripture that I began to memorize because it helped me when I struggled with temptation. And I learned it when I was 13 years old and I memorized it. And it said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, will provide a way out so you can stand up under it. As a 13-year-old kid that faced the same temptations as any 13-year-old kid ever did, this verse got me through it because I would say, Gordon, before I quoted this verse, Gordon no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And I'd repeat it until that temptation passed. And that helped me to live the kind of life that I believe God wanted me to live. And so, you know, when you hear the word of God and you read the word of God and you study the word of God and you start memorizing the word of God, I'll ask you to pull it out, but it's going to be really hard because you know why? My grasp is so much better on God's word. And then the pinky, everybody wiggle your pinky. This is just simply applying God's word, right? Applying God's word so that what you, what you have heard and what you have read and what you have studied and what you have memorized, you're now starting to do. You live it out. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Because you know Why? Just hearing the word is not enough. You will never, I'm going to say this again and again, you will never have a grasp on God's word if all you do is hear it. Never. I hope this message today is encouraging to you instead of uh, making you feel guilty. Because it's so easy. Because I don't read it as much as I should. I don't study it. I don't memorize it. I try to apply it, but it's hard. Yeah, this is not easy. It's not. But when we do it together, I'll tell you what, it, it can be done. When I was in, a pastor in Hawaii, I led a Bible study with the men in the church. Uh, the church was called the Bridge Church. So my study with the men <clears throat> was called the mob. It was the men of the bridge. It was pretty cool. So the mob met every Monday night. And uh, we were studying the word. And, and one of the guys said to me, Pastor, can I make a confession? I said, absolutely. He said, Pastor, I, I don't read my Bible like I should. In fact, I don't read it at all. I come to Bible study, we learn about it, but during the week, I hardly even touch my Bible. I said, okay. And then <laughs> another guy says, uh, Pastor, me too. And a third guy goes, me too. And in a moment of honesty and confession, I said, okay, guys, what are we going to do about it? And everybody was like, oh. I said, okay, here's what we do. Every morning, when we read the Bible, we text each other the verse that we read and a little something about what, the, what, what it meant to you. Can we do that? And if we don't get texts from you, we'll start texting you. Hey, we miss you. It's called accountability. And so we began to do that. Every morning from that day on, my phone blows up. In Hawaii, it was uh, 
early, uh, about between seven and nine people would read their Bibles. They'd text it in. And even though I'm here now, I'm still a part of that group. Every morning, my Bible, my, my, my phone, gets about half a dozen texts from the guys that are still holding each other accountable to reading God's Word. It's amazing. So I read and I text mine. And even though I'm not with them, we can still do this together. If you want to start reading God's Word, let me, the first thing you need to do is just c- c- fall in love with Jesus. I mean, want, desire to know Him more. And the Bible will lead you there. And if you still need help, then talk to somebody that, that you care for and love and say, hey, would you and me, would you hold us? Maybe we can get a group together. Let's hold each other accountable. And all it takes is for you to do it and text it in and create a, a text group. And you can do the same thing that I'm doing with these guys back in Hawaii, which is so cool. There's so many, so many ways that we can live this out. But here's what I want to finish with. After you get a grasp of God's word, and it is solid, you might not even have to wait till that long, as long as you can at least hold it with three fingers. (laughs) But it would be great to memorize and begin applying it as well. You know what God wants us to do? He wants us to let go. After you've got a great grasp, let go. And here's what letting go means. To take the word of God and share it with the people around you. Teach it to somebody else. If you have children, have spiritual conversations with your children. Do devotions with your children. If you already know the word of God, it's never meant for you to keep it just to yourself. Start a Bible study. Lead an Our Life group. Volunteer to help teach in Sunday school. There's so many things that you can do when you have a good grasp of God's word. And if, 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 you sense the call of God in your life says, I want you to do this more than just teaching Sunday school. Maybe you can join me on a life journey to become someone that's called into full-time Christian ministry. Then always, when God calls you, say yes. Church, the word of God is beautiful. It's so amazing. And when you begin this journey, you will never regret it as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So today, my challenge to you, we already are hearing the word of God. If you haven't started yet, start a reading plan, right? Start reading the word of God. And if you start for, how much should I read, pastor? Anything is better than nothing. (laughs) Right? You might just start small. On your, on your phone, there's a Bible app that you can get daily devotions on. It's that simple. Start reading the Gospel of John. Whatever it is, start. Read a chapter a day. Anything is better than nothing. But don't just settle for that. Get together on your card. Let us know if you want to get involved in a small group. Circle it. There's already two that's here. Jennifer, you're, you and Travis lead one in Escondido. And Barbara, you and Brian and, and Todd, you lead one in Mira Mesa. So go. If you live up northeast San Diego, 
please, please, please talk to Jennifer today. And if you live near here in Mira Mesa, please, please, please go to Barbara's house. What days do you meet? Thursdays at 6.30. Wednesdays at 6.00. Wednesdays at 6. Is there food? Yes. Yes. Do you pray? Yes. Oh, right there. Acts 2.42. Already done. Praise the Lord. Then you know what you're doing? You're living out what you're being taught. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for what you do. If you'd like to host one, if you'd like to lead one, or if those days don't work for you and you want to meet on another day, let us know. But we can't do a thing until you let us know. So, Mark it on those cards. And as you do, leave it here. And we'll get them from you. The disciplines of God's word is so important. It leads us to loving Jesus more. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close in prayer with me? Father in heaven, forgive us. Forgive me when we have not taken your word to heart when we have not grasped your word because we're either too lazy or we don't know enough. But today we do. Today we know that around the world, people with nothing have greater joy than some people who own several houses and big cars because they know you and they know your word. And I'm reminded of the people in Russia that wanted to know you, but they didn't have the Bible. And when we passed it out, they were so hungry for it. Maybe today, Lord God, there's so much for us to know about you so that we can learn about you and love you more. Oh, Lord, help us to strengthen the grasp of your word in our lives even more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.